Hail to the OG. Uh, so yeah, we are here with a special episode of the Stubby Clubby. Uh, and we're not we're not talking a new movie, unfortunately, despite the fact that I just saw the Spider Verse. Um, which quick review? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got Colin with me. Hello, it me. Colin Sapp, and I am Casey, as always. Uh, we're going to be talking about something I did not anticipate on discussing, and that is the entirety of the series from HBO. Uh, succession. Oh yeah. Very Ooh, surprised yeah. at a lot of things we'll be talking about today. Basically, the show and how it has consumed my brain, and this very toxic family. Maybe I can relate. Uh, what? what? <laughs> not the rich part. That's definitely. I don't relate to that part at all. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, but man, uh. We're going to be talking about spoilers, so if you haven't seen the series, do not listen to this. This is mainly for Nate, our one listener. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know how to really start talking about this show. There's a lot to dive into. Uh, there's, I, I get, there's a lot. We're going over four seasons. It's a lot, of, a lot to take in here. A lot to take in. Let me, let me start just, maybe with, with this. So... Since you and I have gotten more and more into filmmaking ourselves, um, mm-hmm. different aspects. You're more of a writer, director. I'm more of the visual, whether that's DPing or taking still photos or BTS videos. Um, the more we have dove into it, into film, would you say for you that is you? got to turn that technical side of your brain off. You're always looking for how they did that or appreciating something that maybe for the, for instance, the show itself, the, it's shot on Ari cam. They, it's on Kodak. It gives it's on shot on stone on film. It's not digital. It gives this beautiful color palette. I'm always amazed at the color palette. For instance, like right. I'm always just, it looks so freaking a work of art. So I guess for you, is there anything like technical that you really appreciate about the show? Uh, the technical, I mean, I would say like, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do love the fact that it is all shot on film. I, I love the look of it. Um, I remember when I first started the show, I thought the way they shot it was very jarring because it almost feels, and but, but it's really cool. It's very unique because it feels like the entire thing is shot by paparazzi because of the way the camera like does those little zoom in you know it's like like somebody's always just there it's a lot of it's handheld there's not really a lot of still shots you know it's all just zoom in and out and stuff just the way they do it so i i remember you know thinking that's pretty pretty cool but uh i honestly uh, other than that i mean you know i think the writing for the show is really great i know there's a lot of improv whenever it comes to them and scenes and certain things they do which one of my favorite moments of them improving is actually in the first season, like within the first two or three episodes, I think. Um, but yeah, I guess mainly the, the way they shot it and 
you got to admire the writing to some extent because I mean, at the end of every, it literally every season had like a what the fuck moment. You know what I mean? You were just like, that's crazy. That the, they would always leave you with something to make you want more. It, it just a very well done show altogether. Best HBO. No, True Detective season one. It's kind of mid, you know. Okay, well, to go to go back to the right, I mean, <laughs> this should, you can't really understate and undervalue the writing because this whole show. Oh no, definitely is not. in the writing, and I've one thing that I guess from the very first couple episodes, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to understand, or I guess convince myself. You know, I'm obviously intrigued because the writing is so spectacular um, on a lot of different levels. But going, so my wife's like, so what's the show about? And what's the show about? Well, it's about this rich family that has this multimedia company. And they're, they're, they're actually all horrible people. None of them are like even decent human beings to any almost any extent. And yet, yet I am suddenly drawn in and got sucked in immediately. So uh, there's a lot to unpack from the writing. Unfortunately, I'm a complete idiot, and I'm not good with one. I'm not good with words, and two, I don't. I'm not a wordsmith by any means, so I, I probably can't absolutely destruct the writing itself. But for I'm not me, good with words. Welcome to the Stub Club Podcast. Uh, hold on, wait. In my notes, as as Kendall once said, words are just complicated airflow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, true. <laughs> Struggles to find his words. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I'm struggling right now. I lost my turn of thought. Uh, what was I going to say? You're doing great, kid. Oh! I, I don't know if you are like this. I don't typically... Maybe if it's like a bigger... You know, I don't know. I don't typically like going and seeking out other people's takes on something. Or it's yeah. a movie or a show. Unless maybe it's something like, I don't know. I used to be like that, breaking. but a lot of times now, I, I don't. I don't. Really especially now, I don't, I don't care what people have to say. I usually, my response is my response. Uh, my opinions have itself evolved. If I've, if I've ever rewatched a movie, um or maybe read an essay or just saw a breakdown of a scene, maybe something I wasn't really didn't really like that maybe I did appreciate later on, but for this show specifically, I did want to see the takes on Twitter just on the show itself and the the breakdown of some of these the whole characters really because there is no morally gray character and yet I'm somehow yeah. drawn to this very toxic dysfunctional horrible family that's under the reign of Logan Roy and this, these children that these little goblin of monsters that he's created. Um, so see, I, for me, I saw a lot of interesting things. One of them was, can you hear that train? Yeah. Uh, country bumpkin over here. One of them was seeing, uh, some people, uh, almost like poking at, and I, I get it. Like these are, these like I don't think all rich a holes are interesting. <laughs> like the writers have right. made these characters. You know, I don't think yeah. they're as smart. If anything, I think the writers have really given these characters more of a, a 
lenience on how smart some of them may seem at some point it's as far as some of their sabotage to their siblings or the board but it was interesting just seeing some of this these conversations on twitter that i never i never took part in but how they were like why do people like why do we keep worshiping a-holes on on tv basically all the time and I guess making them appear as gods when really they're just horrible humans. For the most part, you'll rarely come across a a huge millionaire, billionaire that is the most solid human being on our planet that is just doing all the good in the world. Um, but did you were you did you see any of that? Any other kind of conversation? Anything that you really liked? Because just the breakdown of the characters for me was just so fun to see and what people thought of how you know they were raised and impacted and how they how they, especially you know. Roman and why do Ro- why Roman has a sex problem and why he is so dirty mouthed mm-hmm. but he doesn't even have any sex himself you know kind of stuff like that I really enjoyed I don't know if you ever sought out any of that or no I, I don't think I, I never sought out any of it and a lot of it really wasn't ever on my timeline I think the only like the extent of st- stuff like that that I ever like sought out was like watching the actors interviews or mm-hmm. any of, you know, the inside the episode at the end of the HBO stuff where they kind of like talk with the actors and the creator and all that stuff that I always thought that stuff was super interesting. But yeah, oddly enough, I don't think I really ever saw a lot of conversations about succession up until probably this last season. Cause I, I, I jumped on to the show whenever the second season was like, coming to an end like i think oh, it had wow. just ended whenever i had just started it so i and i burned I, I burned through the first two seasons within like a week dude like i, yeah. I was like i mean uh, i had nothing else better to do with my life i was literally just <laughs> wow this is so, so good you know Watching people so, talk. <laughs> yeah really and that's kind of that's really all it is, it is all it is. that's why it, the brilliance really is in the writing because there's nothing else if anything, but like how, like how I jumped on board, literally. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, we can. No, 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 no. I, I was just gonna say, how much can you credit the writing for? Because it's like, yeah, the, like the big story beats work and they're great. But then, like, we're sitting here, and we're like, oh yeah, I really, I love the writing of the show. But then, meanwhile, you can cut to an episode, and it's literally just kindergarten. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, uh, which, uh, well, do you, you need to? Yeah, let's I'm the do oldest it. boy. <laughs> <laughs> And then Roman's like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Okay, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Come on. You know? So, no, that's... <laughs> I'm going to do like, that. So how it much of the, yeah. yeah, so how much of the writing is like, yes, it's great. It's the the big beats hit. Like I was saying, at the end of the seasons, there was always those moments where you're like, whoa, dude. But then there's the little bits throughout the middle that were just always the same. And it's like, they they were, (laughs) it's weird because, you know, they're talking about like big corporate businesses, but like at the same time they were using weird sort of slang terms that a lot of times didn't really make sense. It was like, (laughs) yeah, what do you say? We just, you know, go slap this around. Maybe fuck it a little. Yeah, (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like, what are you talking about? I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Uh, I'll pull it up my other notes. I was, I was going to say this for later, but it's kind of working. Roman uh, season three, episode six says to Shiv, we'll get our white cis male all over you. (laughs) What? I don't remember the context. What was the, what what was the, they have a bunch of different little things that are said throughout the show that are just so 
weird. I mean, like like Greg. Greg has some of the greatest lines throughout oh. the entire show. I mean, the most iconic one is whenever they're having that fucking hearing. Gregory Hirsch, executive assistant to Tom Wamsgans, correct? Yes. <clears throat> yes, if, if it is to be said. I'm sorry. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be. So it is. Are, are you all right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, the. I, I guess uh, when I say like the writing, the brilliance in the writing is really the. The the. The pillars of these characters that are these little lanes that these characters are in that I can I feel like I clearly definely understand what they're wanting, usually how they operate, what they do and don't do. Like Roman never yeah. Roman would never yell at his dad or tell him to f- piss off. Kendall is the kind of person that would tell him to piss off, but because of I guess, I guess like I said, just the development of these characters that they made. And I guess the brilliance is also in the actors himself because holy moly, I I don't know who your favorite character is, but it's also like why do you have a favorite character? They're all buttholes anyway. But uh, Kieran, I mean, my my favorite character has to be like I really I I love Greg. I thought he was really funny. I love Kendall too. I really liked Kendall, dude, and I really like Tom as well. I do. I did like Tom. Tom and Greg were like some of my favorite parts of the entire show. No, uh. The disgusting yeah, brothers, dude. <laughs> the disgusting brothers. Um, no, uh, Tom Matthew McFadden. Matthew McFadden. McFadden. Yes, I think so. Yeah. His performance is so is so good in this show, and it is a lot of different things that I had. I watched a video on. I'm going to link a couple of videos that I watched. You'd be like, well, duh. But hearing somebody be able to articulate what I can't say because I don't know how to say it, uh, his way to just pull back and even the way he's talking to Shiv, and, oh yeah, honey, it's totally yes. Nice. His his voice is always a little bit higher pitched. I saw that interview where he talks about that when he talks to Shiv, his voice goes up a little bit. His hand animations he does. Mm-hmm. He's it's so whenever he's on screen, dude, I am glued in and I am watching him even if he's in the background because even his little subtle whatever he's doing it is just working for me every time and i am just he has he won an award for this because i think he did want to if he I'm hasn't because sure he did because I, I don't know i said it yet but I, I got on the show two weeks before the finale i was like i try to finish and watch it and i barely missed that by like a week i finally watched the finale but uh, did he win? Let's see. It says only Brian Cox and Sarah Snook have won Golden Globe Awards for their performances in the series. Really? Um, yeah. Main cast. Oh, he won a he won a primetime Emmy Award for Wrestling <coughs> Supporting Actor in a Drama Series Succession. And he won a Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance. Good. This year. And a British Academy it, Television Award for Best Supporting Actor. What the Primetime fuck? Primetime Emmy? Is that Greg? the same as an Emmy? Am I stupid? Emmy? Is the same as what? A prime t- a primetime... Uh... Yeah, Primetime Academy. Isn't that what that is? I don't know. I'm I not Hollywood, baby. Yeah. Um, but... uh, which actually have won Emmys for Succession. Only three of those have been its performers. Won a piece for... 
one for lead actor Jeremy Strong in season two, uh, supporting actor Matthew McFadden in season three, okay. and guest star Sherry Jones for season, season two. Season three, okay. Cherry Jones. Uh, I, the the what really took me by surprise was the ballsy ballsiness of the of the very first season because that second or third episode Logan goes into a coma. Like one of your main dudes is like that's, on that's his like a, deathbed. That's the first episode because it's like after yeah. the baseball game that they have, right? It's yeah, like I, all of a sudden. It's one of the just... first ones. And I was like, what is go- – you would never put it's... a main character on his deathbed starting your show. I mean, it's a second season type of thing, but I think it's, that's it's what the we first, got. It, it was the f- – it was the first. It was the end of the first episode because it was like right after the baseball game. They were on that flight, and then Shiv and Roman because Logan was trying to like sell them on something because you know the whole thing is Ken- Kendall Roy, uh, his his the eldest boy, his his son is supposed to be heir taking to the over this, the the big empire. He's the heir to the throne, and pretty much Logan's like, I no, I don't think you're ready for that, so you're not going to do it actually, and I'm going to stay. And shit hits the fan, dude. And then Shiv and Roman are playing games, and you know they're in the helicopter with their dad. And as they're playing games, he has a fucking stroke right there. And I think and to, I think he he actually tried to get them all to sign some kind of like will thing. Basically, if he died, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be but choose between them. I think that's what I remember exactly. But they're all like, no, we're yeah, not signing that. It wasn't between. It, it's it. It would mean that like everything that Logan had. Uh, would have gone to his wife at that time, which yeah. I think is, I think they stayed married. I'm pretty sure they were still technically married throughout the rest of the show. I don't yeah, think they ever they got a divorce. Um, but yeah, it's what Marsha wasn't that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But That's the, even from the very get go where we have Kendall bopping his head with some headphones on. Yeah, you, you you instantly just the way he was able to play that you instantly get he takes himself seriously. He yeah. thinks he's the man. He's not the man. I just wanted to say, <laughs> yo. <laughs> no, so I, I just think we could really just start mixing it up and, I don't know, just pour some gasoline on it or something. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the hell. He was. Um, but uh, it's so weird, man. I, I, I'm so This is one of those very few shows where I go, I cannot wait to watch that again. I know, yeah, I re- I do actually really want to rewatch it because there's nothing redeeming about Kendall. Kendall, when you find out Kendall's, do when you find out Kendall's a dad, did that not piss you off more? Um, I want to say it pissed me off more, but it was just kind of like I don't know. I I think it it almost felt like expected. You know what I mean? No. I, I, it's whenever it happened, I was just like. There it is. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I mean, Ken- Kendall's got a lot, a lot of problems, dude. I mean, dude, well, they all do. They got mommy, daddy drug problems. addicts. Yeah, oh, yeah, big time. Especially, Which, I'd say Roman the most out of all three of them. Oh, Roman has like Roman has like the worst fake like, repressed memories. Issues. Oh yeah, sex problems. I mean. Again, I'm going to link some uh, videos down below. It, it was from a, I think the YouTube channel was called Just an Observation. I just stumbled upon it, and they did some breakdowns of all the characters, like 20, 30 minute videos. I watched all of them like a dork, and they were all so good. Um, but the the person uh, just just an observation on the YouTube channel said something great, which just puts it's just a show in a nutshell. 
They said, uh, those born at the finish line don't know what it's like to run it. And that's the show. The, the show is about people mm-hmm. that just never change, don't learn a thing, stubborn, born at the tippy-tippy top. Ne- that's why it's so important, honestly, it's so important to not have it all starting out, even though we're born in America, so we have hit the lottery to some degree. Um, but to not struggle means to never learn and that's why, that's why, I, yes, would it be nice to have some money in the bank where you don't feel so like you're going to die? I think <laughs> I would say yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but without, without pain and without failure, you never develop. That's why people that are rich usually are boring, non-personality kids that I'd never associated with and never liked. And I never wanted to, thank God I was kind of poor, I guess, but... Yeah. You you kind of see that those kids that were rich in school they turn to this be just they work at an accounting firm and then they're just a name and they're just they have nothing they're no personality nothing whatsoever I don't know where if you're friends with because they didn't have because they didn't have to get it you know what I they mean didn't they didn't have, have to have get to it have, they don't know <laughs> you have to whatever you don't grow up with money you got to get a little bit of a personality to get somewhere you, you know what I mean you got to make up somehow you got to make up yeah. for it <laughs> yeah you do how are you gonna but, get a girlfriend with no money you got to be a little funny right and if you don't got the looks you gotta be really funny (laughs) but yeah dude i mean it it, Uh, so i guess like we we've kind of talked like i feel like in like a general consensus of like the show i think we can both agree you know for anyone who wouldn't want to listen to us ramble about succession for however long we're going to do this we can go ahead and agree we both fucking love this show it's incredible it's insanely well done um but i think so now since we have this sort of general consensus of yeah the show's phenomenal it's great one of hbo's best uh, top three maybe my favorite from hbo honestly um, oh, and i think it's better than game of thrones uh i think this past season it, it definitely it beat out barry barry was a little weak in the season four for me still good just not as good as i had hoped um i i think this really like well it's up there with like the true detectives barry game of thrones yeah. it's, it's up there like two, high two, hbo's just two barry's defense i have thought a lot about that finale in that final season and Oh, I, still, I loved the finale. I still think it was great. Yeah, it was. I, but I, I, and you know, it was kind of not whatever we expected. But I th- Bill Hader kind of just said, "Why do you?" It's kind of like Succession's. Like, why do we care about assholes? Bill Hader goes, "Why do you care about a serial killer?" Yeah, <laughs> he's dead. That should be a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of going, "Hey, you can't." You he's putting the mirror up, going, "You cared about this. You shouldn't. You really? Why did you do that? You maybe shouldn't have cared about a horrible person." <laughs> Right. Whereas succession doesn't put a mirror up to your face at all. It's just like, ha ha, you like you cared about rich assholes, ha ha. I'm uh-huh. like, dang it, how do they do that? <laughs> but yeah, so like I, I guess general consensus we've talked about it, but like where I, I guess let's let's break down, I guess, in general terms. We don't have to go in depth every episode. I mean, or else we would be here probably for the rest of the night. Um but we let's talk about like your favorite moments throughout each season. So like in season one, was there anything that was like sticking out to you? Like it doesn't have to be anything huge. It could be, you know, very little things, but 
Like, is there anything that kind of stuck out to you? It was like, oh, man, I remember this scene, and it's it stuck with me. I really loved it. Oh, man. That's the problem is watching it, binging it. It all becomes a blur. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I guess, and it wasn't even at the end of the season, which I thought was interesting, because, but when Kendall, they got, they get the boardroom thing ready, uh, you know, Logan catches wind that Kendall's going to try to get the board to vote him out because of the coma thing and the deteriorating health. Uh, that whole boardroom scene was, was, I was so intrigued because it was like two episodes before the finale. So I thought, well, if they're not ending it on this big bang, what's season one going to end on? What kind of, what kind of yeah, big bang is that? Dude. End on? <laughs> uh, but that, that scene was so, was so interesting just to see Logan. Cause Kendall's not strong willed. He's, he doesn't have what it takes. Kendall thinks he's smart because like you said, he knows a bunch of jargon and can just say the cool techie or not even techie, the cool CEO, snip snap whatever mm-hmm. which i i just love everything when he says something stupid it just sounds stupid but he Dude. thinks it's so smart hq the hashtag resistance what up how are we feeling panic meister cooking up his sweaty spaghetti i think volter is the shiz we're the shiz i'm feeling it feeling those good vibrations yeah. um but seeing that unfold in the boardroom for me was was fun seeing logan he was tense he was pissed and kindle got to him poked the bear a little bit but I really thought maybe Kendall had it, and I was actually rooting for Kendall. This is before Kendall became more. Uh, they uncovered him more in season two, and I was like, "Oh no, you're you're not going to develop into a good person. You're actually just bad in general." But right. I think the boardroom, and then obviously the freaking the scene with the lake with the the waiter. I mean, Dude. blew me away, and it wasn't like because it's so unexpected of like what like of all the things to happen, man. But it's like it's it this this is an example of where like the show's writing it, it blows you away because all of a sudden you go f- it's it's not of something that's like it's unexpected sure but it's not something that's just happening to be like oh we're gonna make this happen yeah it happens no, it, because a recovering drug addict relapses and in desperation as he's spiraling and wants more drugs random guy random ass waiter that he's with is like yo i got more weed out here let's just go fucking get it dude they're both already gone you know they should not be driving and therefore this happens because they were you know what i mean there's purpose behind all of it so it it works so well and i remember seeing that and i was just like i'm i literally got chills on my arm right now like it's i was just like no way dude and then the devastating conversation that Kendall has to have with Logan. Yes. And Logan wins, dude. He totally. wins. He, and he went and he continues to win throughout the rest of the fucking show. Even when he's dead, Logan no, wins. He's dead, yes. <laughs> so it's it's incredible. I mean, and and you want to talk about, you know, as a person, he's not that great of a guy. He starts to realize it in season four, but Kendall is quite literally the biggest loser of all time. I have never witnessed a character lose over and over and over again the way that he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just that, that and that's the example of like where the writing comes from of like just creating these the most unexpected twists and turns and just to but like in like true true to like people in a way of there's still some if people i believe people can change by all means like i think everyone's different day to day you know year to year whatever 
but there's core elements of a person that will always remain the same. And Kendall's is he's just a fucking loser and he's going to lose at the end of the day. He's going to fucking lose. And it's, it's so, so well done, man. Mm. It, it is. And, uh, it's, I mean, the dude has a wife, a strange mm-hmm. wife. They're not really, he has kids. He has like what? Two, three kids, two kids, two, two kids. Yeah. Two. Uh, has all the money in the world and is still so him and his, really all his siblings, but him specifically, he just wants to be called the CEO of Waystar Royco so bad. Despite being, despite they all have no qualifications, they're only there because their daddy is letting no, them. It's all nepo babies, them. dude. They have no qualifications. You have no. You only know the jargon because you've been around the office since y'all were kids. Because your dad literally wouldn't leave work. Mm-hmm. And he, he still feels like the biggest loser when really he, he should feel like he has like the world at his fingertips. Everything. All of it. Yeah, he's got a, he's got it all. Essentially, dude, he's a fucking millionaire already. But that's the that's the greed, I guess you could say, of the one percenters. They all you know, want, they always want more. You know what I mean? They're never satisfied. What was interesting for me, and it's kind of jumping ahead, but uh, Ewan, I think it was Ewan, Logan's brother. Yeah. When he when he brought up something at his funeral, despite the fact that he called his brother a horrible person. Um, but when he talks about Logan and says that when their sister died when they were kids, Logan always blamed himself because he thought he brought it home. Was it measles, I think? Yeah. And he says ever since then, he's been shut up and basically closed his heart from ever feeling anything again because that pain lives in him forever. And it's like Kendall just, quote, killed somebody by not his own wrongdoing, kind of they're both their fault. Um, but now he gets to live with that pain forever. And Logan, dis- dis- not even disowned, just neglected the hell out of his kids. Him and, him and his uh, his baby mama. Both. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not fit. Uh, ignoring them. Not talking to them properly. and not, ra- not being a parent. Guess who does the same thing? Kendall Roy does the exact same thing. It's just repeating of your father, but you're nowhere near what your father was because you didn't start from the ground up. You're just starting from the, the top. And if I start at the top, surely I should be able to sit on the throne at the top. Well, you don't get to just because you're Logan Roy's son. And despite wanting to be his own person, he just never does. I mean, biggest, literally the biggest loser. And he, and, and I don't know how, uh, and Jesse, Jesse Armstrong. Is that right? Yeah, the, who plays Kendall? Yeah, yeah. His ability to go from like false confidence to—I don't know what his method acting was like because I remember we talked about that a little bit because we saw a post about yeah. Brian Cox. I think it was Brian Cox complaining about his method acting. Right. Um, what I what I saw was that he doesn't really like doing rehearsals. Jeremy, Jeremy, like Jeremy Strong. Jeremy, sorry, Jesse Strong is the creator. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he acted like Kendall Offset or between takes, whatever, but his performance is still fantastic in this entire show and his ability to all every, almost every scene where he loses is to 
feel to make him look like the biggest loser to add that vulnerability that he does to to Kendall, dude. It yeah. sells, and I'm buying it every time. There's not a moment where I'm like, absolutely. Sheesh, dude. I don't know what. I know. I mean, turn, come to find out, he's you know he's big in the theater, and he's he's worked with all kinds of people in in theater, and that's uh, theater people just seem to have different different kind of. Uh, I don't know. They carry some kind of extra tools in their tool bag. Just like Ray Fisher does, I guess, to Cyborg. That For that, he does a lot that I think a, a, a typical person that would play Cyborg couldn't really do kind of the what he did. For sure. And now yeah. I'm comparing Succession to Justice League, so there's that. <clears throat> it would have been so much better if Zack Snyder did Succession. <laughs> uh, what about Shiv? Tell me about Shiv, your girl, dog. My girl, what are you talking about? <laughs> Fuck Shiv. All my homies hate Why? Shiv. So I saw, I also, one of the takes I saw was that most people, most guys dislike Shiv because they're misogynist. But I feel like Shiv, dude, is the biggest backstabber out of all of them. Absolutely. At least for Roman. It's literally Roman. in her name. <laughs> yeah, Shabon. Roman at least has moments of understanding that it's all crap, where he's literally like, no, this is stupid. At the end of the show, he's like, no, we're all BS. This is all BS. We're all we're all BS. Kendall's like, no, we're not. What are you talking about? Kendall's like, Roman's like, no, like, what are we doing? What are we doing with our life? Logan but, said it best, dude. I love you, but you are not serious people. That was the last thing he said to his kids before he died. I know, dude. <laughs> Twisting that knife. His haunting words to his kids, they just can never escape his ghost, dude. Uh, but man, I don't know. Shiv, I think it was when Shiv was willing to throw away her husband. Or really, I guess, whenever she wanted to do a threesome with her husband. I just feel like she, ne- I don't know, maybe it's because I'm married. Dude, she didn't want to even do a threesome. She cheated on him before she wanted to do a threesome. And then on the day of their marriage said, hey, I want an open relationship. Exactly. And to to tip tip my hat towards uh, Matthew McFadden, I don't know how he did it, but Tom is so damn likable and charming. He he can he can he can be a dick, but he 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 has his moments to where it's like. I think you can't help but feel bad for him whenever it comes to him and his romantic relationship with Shiv. I think Be- because it's so genuine. He's actually genuine. He actually loves. This he's woman. genuine to an. He's genuine to an extent. I think that there is. Do I believe that him and Shiv ended up together because he loved Shiv and wanted to be with her? No, I I think Shiv was his attempt at a power grab to get closer to the Roy family. I do believe that was his intentions in the beginning. But from the show, do I I I think that aspect of it still shines through with his relationship with Logan, because, I mean, even, you know, it's season one, season two, season three. Anytime he was around Logan, it was just like I'll do whatever you say, Logan. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Uh, except for one moment, which is a great moment of his on that boat in season three. He sits down <laughs> and eats that fucking chicken wing in front of him, dude. That's a great yes. moment. Hey. You okay, Tom? What the fuck? Thank you, Logan. 
Uh-huh. Thank you for the chicken. What the fuck was that? I... I don't know. I think, uh... It's getting to people, Dad, the tension. He ate my fucking chicken. Mm-hmm. So, what next? Stick his cock into my potato salad? Uh... But... But, but, but I, to, to Logan, Logan didn't know what the hell that was. I know. Tom thought he was doing a power move, and Logan's like, is he drunk? What the like, fuck? what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so it never but actually played out. It, it, but it's a, it's a great moment for Tom, like, as a character, though. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it shows if pushed, he has that backbone. He, he's going to stand up for himself. Um, but I, the, in, the, in the aspect, you know, back to Shiv and Tom, I think you can't help but feel bad for Tom because from what we see of him in the relationship, he does love Shiv. He wants to be with her. But it's those moments whenever he's around Logan that you sit there and you start to wonder, maybe, did, did he want to be with Shiv or did he just want to get closer to the Roy family? Mm. And I think that's kind of... So that, that's why I say, like, yeah, kind of. You know, like, I, I hear what you're saying. I agree with it for the most part. But I do think... I, I think Shiv's the bigger asshole out of the two of them by far. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Well, it, I, I think it, Tom also has that relationship with Greg where he's the big brother, little brother. And even though their interactions are some of the best in the show. Dude, they're so good. Uh, let me see if I wrote down any of these. Uh I didn't write it. If I'll insert some clips of Tom and Greg's interaction. I'm driving my grandpa down for Thanksgiving. Oh, Greg, fuck your grandpa. Yeah, okay, you're on you're on speakerphone, Tom. Uh, I can't I can't reveal my sources. Uh, but it's Greg. Two thousand bu- bucks a pop. Why? No reason. We're being totally ripped off. Buckle up, fucklehead. Is he is he nice? Is he nice? You're asking about the moral character of a man named Ratfucker Sam? He is a fucking piece of fucking shit, is what he is. It's like, kind of against my principles. Your principles? Craig, don't be an asshole. You don't have principles. I don't want to bring anything up to you in a way that feels like horrible, but would it be bad for me to, like, mention those to you now? Are you asking if you can blackmail me? When Tom oh. finds out that he is safe from everything and he goes yes. into Greg's office and flips the desk and runs around <laughs> screaming. <laughs> well, he sits on the, sits on the, yes, he sits on the, uh, chest. The cabinets, I've been using that. Yeah. I've been using that GIF so much lately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did uh, you just say GIF, dude? GIF, GIF. Yeah, GIF. Um, God fucking hell. I guess maybe that that also helps Tom's brownie points of me as you see that kind of taking him under his wing, even though there's times where he's like, you know, yelling at Greg, hitting Greg, um, half threat, <laughs> whatever he says to Greg. I think it was at the the first episode where he's like, "Will you kiss me in the Will you kiss me in the mouth?" Pals. Yes. Yeah. Would you kiss me? What? Would you kiss you if I asked you to? I if I told you, you to? Huh? Oh. I don't... <laughs> Come on. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, miss- I'm like, joking with you, Greg. <laughs> Come on, Greg. <laughs> uh, they're so funny. It's Maybe that also, like I said, it might help with the brownie points of him like helping Greg a little bit. But Greg is such a leech, dude. He's just a little messenger boy. 
It has he just no. he wants his spot. He wants his money. He wants to be a part of it, you know, and he's so desperate for that. He just latches on to whoever's going to give him a chance. And the only person who's giving him a chance in that entire family was Tom. And honestly, Greg didn't even have a job. Logan just said kind of like, no. oh, yeah. And then Greg created his job and said that he was supposed to be there. And Tom ran with it from day one. Man. You know what I mean? He helped. That's out. what made that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, Greg did whatever he said, literally, even whenever it came to burning documents that the FBI was looking for. <laughs> that was also a great that was a great little uh, development because that was season one, right? Two, Two I think. Because okay. that, that, that was leading up to that whole trial thing because there was all the the yeah. uh, everything that they were trying to hide and all the rumors coming out of the deaths on the cruises and Tom yeah, the was over the cruises. So he might be going to jail and all that stuff. And then you get into that incredible finale. Kendall has been a baby whipped, you know, he he's doing whatever daddy Logan says. And at the very end of it, they have to find a fall man and they do. And it's going to be Kendall and Kendall goes, he sits down at that desk. He's about to say everything, you know, Hey, send me off to jail, but he doesn't. He says, I think it's because of that last conversation he has with Logan where he's talking to him and he's like, you know, before I do this, can you just tell me like, why couldn't it have been me? And he's like, to be me, to be the top dog. I think he says like, you have to be a lion or something like that. You have to be a killer. He was like, you have to be a killer. He's like, and you're not a killer. Hmm. And he gets out there and completely throws Logan under the bus. And is yes. like he knew about everything. He signed off on all this. And then there's just the boss ass shot of him getting up out of that seat and walking out of there. Once again, goosebump on my arm finale, <laughs> baby. Let's go. It was so like, I, I don't know another good. show that could have a press conference of a character and me get so freaking hyped. It's so, like you're so anxious, too, whenever he goes to sit down. Oh, my like, gosh. Oh man, dude, he's not about to do this. And um, does it just it everything about it just works so fucking well, dude? It's everything well, the, is done so good. The big, big cherry on top is the score and this theme song for Succession. It really is. That's it is an intro that you cannot skip, dude. I think is uh, Nicholas Bird. Uh, I'm gonna say his name wrong, but it's like. Uh, hang on, I don't know I have it here. It's Nicholas B. something, I think. Bratel, probably. Bratel? It's Bratel, B-R-I-T-E-L-L. Holy moly, it's just... I don't even know what the genre would be considered. Uh, but you know, the, the, the show mainly has this classical orchestrated score to it with, you know, strings... But this drums and the sleigh bell theme song, dude. Yeah. Not, it is and mixed with this fantastic, most one of those beautiful, just the badass openings to a show. This I don't know if they shot on Super 8 or what. Kind it had of, to have been, right? That, that's kind of what I thought is. I figured it was shot on Super 8. Just telling you this the story of this family, which is rich, neglected, daddy does not care. I remember seeing a theory, dude, of somebody was like, you know, that the last shot of that intro where it's just the back Logan of the sitting there in the chair. Yes, yeah, yes. and he's just sitting there. Somebody was like, what if the show ends with a shot of Kendall taking over? 
in the last shot is just oh the back goodness. of him as he's sitting in that chair. And I would have been, I was like, man, that'd be crazy if it ended like that. Could not have be been more poetic. wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that'd be pretty poetic. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the show is always kind of pointing towards Kindle because Kindle is always pointing at himself and wants it so bad. Yeah. Whereas Roman and really Roman and Shiv, for the most part, roll their eyes. But then eventually towards the show, sh- they, they go, Shiv goes, me, 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 me. Yeah. Shiv starts to really get into it about season three. Whenever, yes. whenever Logan's like, hey, I think it could be you. And she's like, that what? dude, that was a seed planted and she never let go of that. No, never. Dude. <laughs> hey, did, did you, uh, I don't know if you knew this. This kind of blew my mind when I found out. Um, do you know who the oldest to youngest is in the Roy siblings? Uh, Connor, Kendall, Shiv, Roman? No, Shiv is the youngest. Really? Yes, I did not know that. Shiv is the youngest. She's the baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought that was so interesting because I thought it was the same exact thing as you. And apparently there's like something on, I don't know if it's HBO's website, but there's like a website that says... Uh, the the youngest and the oldest and shiv is the youngest somehow i guess it's just because roman acts like a fucking baby all the time no kidding dude. oh don't even get to the jerry stuff dude his mommy problems really come out with jerry where he literally consoles and finds motherly love from her because she actually treats him decently for the most part and but then there's some you know other weird stuff but uh Dude, I love Romans. Yeah. I love I love his little, you know, shaking his head, and going, his little quirks and in between comments yeah. that are but, might but be improv. I don't, care. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but his performance is so fun to watch, and I never thought I'd. I don't like I told you. I don't usually like laugh out loud at stuff, at shows or movies too much, but so many times I just laugh because it's always something where. Uh, I'm a, I'll put some clips here of Roman saying something that I found funny, but... But, but, you know, three. Power of three. Interesting. Can we think about it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I thought about it. Fuck you. Don't open Pandora's box. There's just more dicks in there. I think you're a super talented superstar, and I, I love you. Oh, you're such a fucking bitch. Congratulations on 50 years at the top of the biz. I love you, Dad. That was perfect. You want to try one more? If it was perfect, why would I want one more? Why don't we just do one more where maybe you really like sell how you're feeling? Yeah, okay. Let's do it. All right, take four. What up, Pricklicks? It's me, Dr. Moron. I'm a ding-dong doodlebug dipshit. My dad hates all of you. How was that? Was that good? Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> um... Let me see. Yep. Connor. Connor is Connor. <laughs> the most useless of the Roys. At least, at least Connor knows his place. At least he knows his place yeah. for the most part. He's like, like I think it was like a, one of the beginning episodes where they're all talking and they're like, Connor, do you mind? He's like, no, whatever. It's still y'all's thing. I'm not into this. Yeah, y'all, y'all figure it out and just let me know. Yeah, let me know what y'all decide. I'll join whatever yeah. wagon I got to hop on. Um... I know you asked about season one moments. What about season two or three? Do you have any favorite moments that stood out for you? Um, 
No, I don't think so. I, I mean, well, I, I mean, th- I definitely do. I, the stuff that's coming to mind right now. I mean, like, it, it pretty much the whole court hearing in, in season two. I thought was phenomenal. Uh, Greg's moment is iconic. I think it's really funny. Um, there's there's a moment in season three, maybe maybe it's in the finale of season two. It's whenever they're out on the yacht and uh, I think it's the finale of season two and Tom and Shiv's relationship has really started to deteriorate. Like it's, it's at a, it's at a breaking point essentially. Um, And I think this probably what it's their relationship continues throughout the rest of the show, but this was really, it gave their relationship kind of a, a like it, it was, it hit the hardest for me. Uh, and it was Shiv and Tom on a beach together and they're just kind of eating and Tom for the first time really kind of confesses how he's feeling about all of it. I won't let anything happen to you. You told me. You told me you wanted an open relationship on our fucking wedding night. Oh, so you've been stewing on that? Well, yes. I have been stewing on actually. I'm not a hippie, Shiv. I don't want to stuff a dildo up my... I don't want, I don't want to do threesomes. Okay. On well. our wedding night? Bang! Shanghai into a into a open borders free fuck trade deal. It, uh, it was just an idea. Well, that's that's a biggie just to throw in at the altar. You know, I do, I do, but I do maybe also demand to gobble the odd side dick. Gobble the odd side. I dick. don't think it was cool what you did. I just, I think, you know, I think a lot of the time, if I think about it, I think a lot of the time, I'm really pretty unhappy. What are you saying? I don't know. I love you, I do. I just, uh, I wonder if, I wonder if the sad I'd be without you would be less than the sad I get from being with you. Yes, dude. How fucking devastating of a line is that? Again, his that performance ha- in that beach scene. Yes. Chef's kiss, dude. It's like, it's, it's incredible. And I think that's, I, I think we were just looking it up. I'm pretty sure that's the season he, no, he won for season three. Um, but even still, uh, it, like, it's it's insane that like that 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 whole scene that 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 fucking kills me but it's like it's it's one of my favorites because it's so well done and i mean sarah snook she you know i i hate shiv but it's because of how good of a fucking job she did there's not a bad actor in this show everyone is phenomenal um but yeah dude i mean that I'm trying to think of like any other sort of moments that might 
come to my head, but I can't. Uh, I believe that episode where they're on the they on the beach is also the same episode where we get a boar on the floor. Yes, I love boar on the floor. Where they're basically they're basically they're basically trying to find the rat, right? Who talked? Yeah, pretty much. It was it was very much an intimidation tactic by Logan. Where he has it was Tom, Greg, and I think Carl in the front get on the ground and. Mm-hmm. Tom really says he wasn't going to do it, but then Tom folds and does whatever the heck Logan says. And whatever like Logan says, dude. Yes, dude. Uh, Logan's birthday, Kendall's rap. L to the OG. Dude, be the OG. And he playing. Playing like a pro. See? L to the OG. Dude, be the OG. And he playing. Oh I mean, my god. LTOG. <laughs> uh Kendall's birthday party itself was interesting. Uh kind of seeing his kind of power play where here's you know the, the and the piercing. The piercing is also one thing I really liked was seeing how what they call it a bear hug where you just consume another big company mm-hmm. and seeing that fall apart for them. Them trying to purchase Pierce so they don't get bought out by uh What's old boy's name? Kendall's buddy. Uh, uh, Sandy. Sandy, yeah. And the other dude. Um, I enjoyed all those, how they're going to figure that out, how they're going to try to acquire a smaller company to up their capital so a bigger that company couldn't purchase them anymore. I, I'm really surprised that the show is, as much as it's about power plays and money and really just this family, I like that it doesn't focus so much on... I mean, this is a multimedia company. They kind of mentioned here and there that it's like... It'd be like the Fox News, if you will, I guess. Like, I guess it's like a conservative multimedia company. I think they mentioned that once because Shiv is very much not in that vein. I think she's been vocal about that because her... That guy she was working for was always against Logan all the time. But there's not a whole lot of... Because I guess for the show, I thought it was going to be more about news and uh, it's more about the fake news if you ask me I don't know for sure about power and all this crazy things that these billionaires are all about there's not like a bunch of sex in it or that would be in almost any other show right and they don't make Shiv some kind of just like sexual object that the show can throw around to just really right yeah no she's an actual character she she feels <laughs> like an actual character yeah i don't know i guess i was the show's really just literally people talking there's not about hey they broke the story before we did we gotta sabotage them their network it's not about network mm-hmm. sabotaging it's about family and it's about family. I was gonna say it's not yeah it's not it's not about the network as a whole it's more so about the entire like it, it's more it's not focused on the outward look of Waystar or Warco. It's, it's, it's all about nothing. what the inside, you know what I mean? I think you start focusing a little bit more on the outside stuff whenever the, the acquisition becomes a thing. And, uh, uh, oh my God, what is Alexander Skarsgård's character name? Mencken. Mencken? Mencken, is that it? I can't remember, dude. I was saying that Lucas Matson had like a, it, the 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 acquisition and like an outside perspective on the company didn't really come in until he was coming into the show to be like uh, acquire it. You know what I mean? The, uh, other than that, the 
and even when he's there i mean yeah like that that acquisition and that that deal is happening and it's the biggest plot point of season four but it's a uh, the show is still very much internal. It's about the siblings. It's about the family and what they're doing, you know? Uh, but they do a very decent job at, or very decent, a very good job at kind of painting a little bit more of the outside perspective in season four with the way the world is viewing Waystar Royco, mm-hmm. uh, with, with all the marches and the riots outside and but them they just literally, say that. they do what? So they also just say that, but they never show really too much of it or anything. I was like, yeah, they don't. They don't show too much. I think the only time you ever get to really show that stuff, or the only time they really showed like the riots and all that stuff, was Roman uh, Logan's funeral. Yeah, his funeral. It was Logan's funeral when, and then Roman walked out there and got his ass beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I'm also surprised that the show about being multimedia mono- monopolies isn't obsessed with politics at all i i i don't know there's there's a lot of poli- political conversations in there i mean i i mean as I far as like a, like on a national level or like because there, there, the <laughs> there was there was the guy shit was working for it, but it, it doesn't get in the weeds of it so much as a yeah. show about that i thought would have because that's the impression i got before even watching the shows because all i saw was that poster i only saw that poster of them standing in the boardroom mm. And that's all I ever saw. And I just saw, kept seeing Succession everywhere. And then you're like, freaking watch it for the finale. It's so good. Um, I have some questions. Maybe we can, if you have anything else you want to dive into, we kind of hopped around like a bunny, but. um, It's what we do best, kid. Did you, some, I saw some people saying they felt like it ended a season too early. Did you feel that at all? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, it's weird, man. Um, I think. I think Jesse Armstrong knew, like, like much like how the uh, the Duffer brothers have talked about with Stranger Things, or you know, Vince Gilligan with Breaking Bad. They know their ending, and you know, they they know where they're writing to. So I don't think there's a way to really argue. Hey, like they ended it too early or you know maybe it went on too long i think it's no we got what it was meant to be you know what i mean like that this is the way the creator intended it this is a completely original idea you know so i don't think there's a way for it to say it got cut too short i think it was perfectly done that's the way he wanted it that's every everything still was resolved you know it's everything was tied up so I, I think it was all the characters are uh, as aside from <laughs> I guess not I meaning you can argue Kendall's in a different spot by the end of it but hmm. it's it, it's I don't know I, I think it's very well done I don't think it ended too early by any means yeah I don't either uh, I just saw some I mean there's a there's maybe a season you could have got out of that but when God, that probably my favorite episode of season four besides maybe the finale but connor's wedding um logan dying that how they uh, how they decided to showcase that information being shared to the siblings where mm-hmm. logan literally is dying off screen and you see a blurred shot of him in the background of tom talking on the phone close up and then 
the closest you see is a CPAP machine on his face, angled up, and you see like just the top of his head and them doing chest compressions. Uh, that whole that whole scene episode, dude. It's the entire episode, but it was so smart. I think Tom delaying that information because he's the more, I would say lighthearted of them all maybe yeah for him to be able to share that information was so brilliant because he was able to he basically had to guide these kids to tell your dad you love him before he dies tell him you care or you don't hate him maybe but all those performances from the siblings (laughs) they're like kill's like i don't know just go over there and start talking just say something make it matter I don't know. For me, I, I just seeing that all their vulnerabilities come out. It was the, really the blocking and the Tom being just the middleman was just so perfect because it just kind of felt like he was in the way. He's Tom is literally in the way now of you and your dad. And guess what? Maybe that's oh my god, that's a great point. He's in the way of all of it. He's he's right there. You know, whenever right oh man. It, know, so but... did you watch that video that I sent you about the WAMS game? Like the, the, what the names mean? It was like a TikTok that I saw. Yeah. 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 Dude. How interesting is that? That's interesting. I think, uh, that's another thing I saw. One thing I'm trying to understand is I think the writers obviously know what they're doing. They did so much research and made a great show. Uh, I've, I've seen this, the term like very shakes. The show is very Shakespearean in its tragedy of characters, never changing and just being, bad um mm. not that i think rich people are shakespearean and so sophisticated and deserve all my okay. empathy but uh the way they were able to take these characters and make me care about them not care about what they're doing and not agreeing but somehow caring about their well-being because you kind of know the things that would work for them and maybe they could do better in their life but they just choose not to and you're like Oh, pat on the head. If only you would just listen to somebody. Right. I have a therapist. It might work out for you. But did you? I don't know. So that, for that term Shakespearean, do you kind of see that? Do you see the fancy word, fancy word, fancy word of the show, fancy literature word? Yeah, I do. I think it's very much in like the uh, the character of the show. I mean. It, <laughs> It, it definitely like I, I don't know the character that the shows the right term but like it definitely has that sort of vibe to it you know what i mean yeah. of just very it's weird because like i mean it goes back to what i was saying earlier of just the, the the dialogue of the way they talk to you to the uh yeah, you know <laughs> let's uh, let's it, but it's very sophisticated it's very elegant you know what i mean i think it has a lot to do with the way it's shot uh the atmosphere of the show uh but yeah, I, I, I do. I understand that like a Shakespearean sort of way about it, especially with someone like, like Kendall who it, the end of season one, he loses season two at the end of season two. It's like, okay, Kendall's walking away on top all of a sudden. Like he's, he's fighting for himself. Season three, what happens? He loses again to Tom ratting all of all the siblings out. He's there to stop it. In season four, 
he has his moment. He has the votes. He can get the company and he can stop the deal. Loses. Yeah. Again, loses. It's just, so I think in that aspect, yeah, I mean, I can understand that. But, uh, and for Kendall, you know, it's like, Kendall, if you became CEO, would you start spending time with your kids? Would you be a dad? Would you show up? Would you be a little nicer? Would you love your wife and treat her and stop telling her she's too online? You're out of context. <laughs> you probably wouldn't, Kendall. You don't know that, but you probably wouldn't. All right, so before we wrap this up, let's dive into, obviously, the elephant in the room. <laughs> The heir to the throne, Tom. The successor. The successor of succession. <laughs> Mr. Pride and Prejudice himself, Tom Wobsgand. Insert, insert crowd jeering. Applause. He's so hot. <laughs> um, uh, so this final episode, I've enjoyed really the entirety of this uh, Matson narrative. Yeah. He plays he plays such a fun little quirky tech dork. I'd say he's he probably I mean it's, it's Alex it's Skarsgård, so he's obviously the Northman. He knows he just got it. He's he the Northman. He's the Northman. He's probably as I would would you say he was charming or uh I didn't really find him charming. Um he just he gave me Elon Musk sort of vibes like autistic as fuck and just kind of ready to you know like like but he he walked into a room and he's just so um what's uh what, i don't what's, want to say dissecting he's just i mean he, he's he has a presence to him that like he comes into a room and he's like i'm, I'm gonna get what i want you know what i mean yeah and i i think just not really in the way he acted because i think elon musk is kind of a fucking idiot but uh, it just, the, I guess the way he carried himself kind of had that sort of vibe. It felt like maybe the way he, he talked sometimes. The techie bro. Yeah. Well, I guess I, mean, I, I look, I look at Matt's and I go, this is what like Zuckerberg and Elon think they come across as. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think Matson's cool by any means, but he's definitely, I don't know. He comes across as smoother than maybe Zuckerberg comes across as. He loves that sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> which apparently those two are going to fight in the Coliseum now. I, that's that's the Coliseum wants them to fight there. Yeah. I don't think the fight's actually going to happen. There's what? no way it does. <laughs> what world is this? <laughs> um, but I, uh, besides that point, did you really think Kendall had a chance? Yeah, I think so. I, th I, I think it, once it was getting to the point in the show where, you know, he's him and his siblings, you know, in season three or the back half of season three. And then, you know, into season four, they're all kind of working together, you know, to get rid of Logan for the what, um, fifth time, maybe. <laughs> right. And, at, you know, when they're working together, everything's going good. It's going shit and all that. But then when Kendall takes that moment to be like one head, one crown, you know mm. what I mean? It's like, that that felt like his dad to me you know what I, mean? I was like oh here it comes here comes the killer you know what i mean so i was like oh i think he might actually he might have a shot at this you know so i, I at that point i think i i thought he was i thought it was going to happen um 
if you had asked me at the beginning of the show to predict who I thought it would be, I probably would have picked Kindle as well. But never in a million years would I have thought that Tom Wamsgans was going to be the new CEO like that. That's that's insane, dude. Well, and granted to Matson's smarty smart power move here tom isn't gonna be the logan new logan roy of waste no, tom tom is tom a is face the, he's tom not is the face he's, he's the puppet that yeah. has a giant hand stick up his ass <laughs> which is what tom's been like all along that's, that's right. all tom needs to be he just has a title and he has money now and he looks good and that's all that matters to him so i don't he doesn't necessarily need to have that extra power you know somebody being over him he's used to it it's been his entire life so it it, i think it's uh i think it's just i I think it's great writing in the sense of the way it ended up you know what i mean it's none of the siblings it's fucking tom and the fact that you have the names that like hit wamsgans like his his name i i think his it I sent you a TikTok, and I think I mentioned this earlier too, of Wamsgans like it like loosely translates. Uh, I don't know what its origins are, but the the translation comes back to like goose with the big belly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like very it, it, the big goose essentially, like he, number one you could say. And then Wamsgans was actually a baseball player who is known for being the only player. I don't know if it was in like a, uh, I can't remember if it was like in a, I don't know, baseball terms like playoffs or whatever the fuck they do. Um, but he like took three people out at once and he's like known for that. You know what I mean? And here we have a Wamsgans mm-hmm. taking out all three Roy siblings at once. And then what's the deciding factor of that? Siobhan, who we call Shiv, literally a fucking knife. She stabs Kendall in the back. It's literally her name. Yeah. That's it. Like, it's insane that it's there the entire time. If you sit there and research it, you probably could have figured it out. But it's like, how cool is that, dude? You know what I mean? So why do you think, and there's, uh, I don't know if there's a definitive answer, but Kendall had it in the bag. They all agreed. Yeah, he had it. Like, for sure. Why, he had it. If did Shiv, Shiv didn't. Why do you think she did it? Do you think she just pure jealousy just yeah i do to fail or just i think it, it was it was probably a mixture of things i think jealousy is probably like one of the top reasons as to why um but i also think there was a lot going on with her in season four when we find out she's pregnant and i think there's a sort of worry that she's going to become her mother and that her child could become like her and her siblings you know and I think in an effort to not have that and giving in to that sort of jealousy, she stabs Kendall in the back and she goes with Tom. You know, that the last time we see them is them in the car together and Tom just holds out his hand and she places hers on top of his. And it's like that they, they, I think that's sort of the motivation is she needs that. She as much as Shiv probably hates it, she needs Tom. And especially like now in this situation with Matson, 
she needs Tom more than Tom needs her now because the Roy's are nothing. They're they're they're, st- they're billionaires still, which I think is so funny. Whenever you look at Kendall, so distraught and destroyed, he's lost his father's empire or whatever the fuck, and everybody's like, "No, Kendall, I can't believe it." They still have billions I of think, dollars. I think they said like they would each get like five or six billion. Yes, singular dude. Number. It's like. Again, you you objectively should be the happiest person in the world. But you're so emotionally mature. I think you title. can like, yeah. I, was, I, was, I think there's a an extent to be upset, like, oh man, I I lost it. But like, you're still rich as fuck, dude. <laughs> like, it's insane. So it's and I think that's where the disconnect comes from. You know a lot of the audience and it's everybody's laughing because oh you cared for a bunch of rich fucking people it's like you sit there and think about it and you're like oh man yeah they they are still like dumb fucking rich even though they just technically lost if i if i had a person give me one million give me one million (laughs) my 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 immediate thought is i get to travel with my my wife and kid Uh uh-huh how cool is that versus uh Oh man, I have billions of dollars in a bank. Where? What? Well, the even grosser part, I think, the really just sad in general is Matson going, "Hey Tom, I want to screw your wife. Is that okay?" I know. I'm just I'm not, not that okay if I do. I'm just kind of thinking it. Is that okay? And Tom's like, "Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, no. It, yeah, that's fine." And you know that's probably eventually gonna happen because shiv is shiv and tom is tom yeah and and i was listening to uh the companion podcast and the jeremy strong said how uh them going into that side boardroom scene was a lot of improv it was super interesting Mm -hmm. to hear how they did some of that and obviously we get the the classic kindle line i'm the eldest boy and Shiv, you know, chuckling, which we, we're all kind of Shiv going, what are you talking about? <laughs> you sound like an idiot. <laughs> you sound so entitled. And also Connor. Yeah. Uh, but man, to know. So do you think this, and I, this was another thing I wanted to see, is what, everybody, what people thought of for the different takes of this hand placement that Tom does to Shiv. Uh, at first, I thought it was submissiveness, but I don't really think it's her going, I'll be your... You know, I don't think it's her submitting to Tom. I think it's her just recognizing that. All right, I guess I'm still. We're still a no. Quote, I, th- I think it's. I think it's totally submissive. I really? think it's her giving in. Yeah, for sure. Because that that's him going like like you you did what you. It, it's a reward essentially is what it felt like to me. The way he just slowly leans it out and he just leaves it there. You can tell he doesn't care one way or another. He just leaves it in the middle. And then the way she just takes his hand, it's like, oh, like, yeah. Well, it's funny that she just places his hand and they never close and hold hands. Yeah. It's really, hey, do you still want to be on this ride of king and be my queen? Even though mm. he, he think he probably feels on top of the world, but we all know you're just a puppet to Matson. But he's yeah, like, Tom, again, that performance, that subtle, real quick performance from both of them in that car. I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of reminds so me good. of Planet of the Apes. Uh, swipe the hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and hearing the different... Well, let me ask you this. So, out of Shiv, you know, Shiv's 
just her mom now. Um, we find Roman in a bar somewhere sitting and we kind of get this little smile smirk. He's finally, he's free, dude. He's free. Do you think you know he's I mean? free? Because I don't know if you listen to the companion podcast. I'll put a link down below. Jeremy strong thinks that he's really not optimistic for Roman at all. He thinks that's mm-hmm. just the, the gesture of the court kind of just taking a break from being the gesture of Royco and just, relaxing for a second but he said deep down i don't think roman i don't feel optimistic he said he didn't feel optimistic for roman at all which i thought was super interesting yeah but uh, i did i, I did kind of take that because even at the end you know kindle when he does a very roman thing where he sits on the middle of the table while kindle and shiver yelling one last time he's like we're all bs mm-hmm. we're all bs and he says no we're not yeah. Kendall just would never, never let that. Kendall, yes, yeah, so Kendall can't let go. And Roman, Roman, surprisingly, you know, even though, regardless of the way he was acting towards his father, Roman, who seemed the most attached and seemed the most desperate for a relationship with his dad, is the first one to really let go of it all. And it's you, you learn of it whenever he goes to his mom's and he's like, we're all bullshit, dude. Like none of this means anything. Like, what are you talking about? You know? So I, I do in a sense think that he is free. He, he's free from Waystar Royco. Uh, will he stay that way? I don't know. I think you could, you know, uh, if they didn't end it with a season four, I could totally see, you know, or like do a new show. Obviously don't call it succession anymore because that, that Romulus. is over. I mean, it could be, it, the the because Roman has the potential to not stop if Kendall would never stop. You know what I mean? Mm. They're still billionaires. They could still try to start their own company. Yeah, whatever they're and probably to start be there for a little bit. It, I forgot what it was called. Yeah, it, it, it like it would be somewhat successful. You know what I mean? Because they they have the name already. But I think that would be a. So I, I think in like hypothetically, if you think ahead like that, then yeah, I mean, Roman's probably not free. But now in this moment, in the finality of it, he's done, dude. He has let go, you know, and I think that's really great because all these characters have really just from the first point in which we meet them, they've all completely flipped, you know. I definitely don't think he's free of his father's influence and pain because Man, seeing oh, him I mean, that's, tra- to, that's trauma, baby. Yeah, we all see, got it. <laughs> but, see, but man, seeing him try to talk at his dad's funeral and then breaking down yeah. and going, is my dad in there? Can we please just get him out and wake him up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, that was actually heartbreaking. That was actually hard to watch. I actually saw a, a funny meme. Somebody took that and uh, they posted it when uh, uh, with a quote of the flash and they were like is ezra miller still in that movie can we get him out (laughs) is he in there can we get him out (laughs) Uh, and what do you think about this uh final literally the final shot of this whole series is kindle walking into this park sitting on this bench being followed by logan's old bodyguard who colin isn't his name colin i think it is yeah yeah who also kind of stiff-armed and going, trying to put... He, he, there's a few moments where he tried to put Kendall in his place going, remember what I know, what we have on you. Mm. 
Um, but Kendall just staring out into the sunset as it falls and just knowing his, for him, I guess his world is completely over despite. Well, what, what you think if, I can't, if I can't have this, Shiv, I, 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 I think I might die. Yeah. I think I might literally die. I think Kendall, you want to talk about doom and gloom for the future. Kendall probably kills himself, dude. <laughs> like, honestly, he has he's lost his company. He doesn't have a family. His wife and kids want nothing to do with him now. You've lost context. You're too online. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot the, believe he, and, the way he talks is the thing is, Rava seems so normal and she tries to. Yeah. She, you can tell the, th- the heart is she tries to make something work. She's like, please just talk to your kids. He's like, I'm doing this yeah. for them. I'm doing this for them. No, you're not, dude. Not you're doing yet. it for no yourself. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I would be willing to bet that Kendall probably ended up killing himself for sure. I, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind about it. So, yeah, Jeremy Strong, uh, a writer. I know. He, go go ahead. Sorry. You're, you're probably going to say, was, yeah, so he... They talked about the multiple takes they did, and one of these takes was he Kendall walking off. and trying to jump. He didn't jump off, but he, he tried to he jump. He tried off. to. And yeah. Colin Colin wrestles him back in, which I think I think the better ending is the one they have. Oh, for sure. Because we, I feel like if it if, if it gone over like that, I feel like it would have been a little too much. I would have been like, uh, yeah, yeah. The the subtleness in his performance anyway, and you just you, the, he's so good at reading his face. You know what's going on in his head. He's already thinking. Oh that. yeah, yeah. That's, you know he's wanting to do it. Wanting. So. Uh, but no, I agree. I think if anybody is going to really, despite I think Roman being the most hurt and having a lot of issues uh, out of all of them, maybe Shiv just like shoves it down like a man. Like, yeah, she really does. She does really good. And she just puts on a straight face. You're scheduling your grief. Yes. I'm just very busy. And I have found I am too busy. What with my dad and so uh, Sarah has sometimes found me somewhere so that I can have a moment to cry. Yeah. You're scheduling your grief? Just, just fuck off, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, if anybody, yeah, Kendall is the one that for sure does something like kills himself. I don't think he would ever shoot himself, but yeah. drowning him. If anything, drowning himself like that dude did, which would just be more Shakespearean, tragic, poetic, whatever, whatever. Mm. Yeah, Tom, baby. Oh, Tom and then, uh, what also blew me away, <laughs> I guess because we both work now and we're families and we're dads. Whenever they what? mention... What? Whenever he was talking to Greg and trying to say, you know, I don't know if I'm going to keep you on board, bro. You know, chopping everybody off the block. And Greg's like, are you serious? Like, uh, 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 what? Uh. And when he mentions that Greg has a 200K salary a year, I don't know if you remember that. Greg has a $200,000 salary for walking around going, oh, I, I, so it is, so it be. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, are you kidding me? But then... Also, you know him. Mentioned, yeah, Greg, do you want to be the sporus, sporus to my Nero? Which I don't know. Whenever if he, he took that little, <laughs> yeah, thing, just put it on his forehead. You're yeah. mine. Yeah, I'll keep I this you. around. I got you. Did yeah. Did you know? I didn't know about this sporus and Nero thing. Did you know about that? 
Mm-hmm. That was a real What's thing. That? So he mentioned, do you want to be my Sporus? So, again, I, look, I looked this up. I didn't know this. I'm not that smart. Uh, Nero in AD 60-something, I think it was, allegedly kicked his wife downstairs and kicked her so much she lost her baby and, like, killed her. God damn. And he became so guilty of it, he found a young slave boy named Sporus, castrated him, had him castrated, and then married him because it kind of resembled how his wife looked. So he had a little castrated boy, married him as his wife, and had him dress up just like she did. Is that what he says to him in season three when they're like outside on that? Or is it, does that happen in the finale? I think that happens in the finale, if I remember correctly. Really? Because he talks about him. I, I got you on board. You're going to be my assistant, basically. He's like, do you want to be my mm. Sporus to my Nero? He what says, is it? Because it sounds familiar because he, he says something to him before he goes and like rats out Shiv and everybody to Logan. Remember, I think it's at the it's at a uh, it's at that wedding, isn't it? It's at like the mom's wedding. Yeah, the mom's wedding whenever, like, Tom is sitting there and he grabs Greg and he, like, sits him down to have, like, a talk with him. And he's like, hey, like, here's what's going to happen. Like, are you with me? And they're, like, really kind of close to one another. And they're talking. I just can't remember exactly what he says to him. Um, do you know what I'm I'll, talking about? I do. I'll put a clip of it here. But, yeah, he did mention. I think the Sporus Nero comment was in the finale. Maybe. But uh, I didn't know about the cast or anything. But, uh, yeah, that's makes intense, sense uh, you're going to be my little boy. You're going to be my baby boy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, $200,000, Greg. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> um, kind of talked about everything. Anything else you want to talk about? No, Great uh, show. But... Love it. Yes. Do you, but, do... It's. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to need to rewatch it very soon. Yeah. Do you find yourself usually walking away from a show or movie immediately going, I, I, and knowing definitely I love that. I don't normally. I say usually no. I would say it could, it maybe happens once to twice a year. Like, like uh, it's, same. it's very seldom. Like, I mean, even, even now I'm like trying to recall the last time it happened. I mean, I, I really, I, I loved the Batman. Um, Dune, Dune, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, been, I'm trying not to anticipate, but I'm anticipating. I love that movie already. <laughs> I know, dude. I, I'm telling you, if for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, we're recording this after the Dune Part Two. The second trailer came out. That trailer is so fucking good, dude. It sells the movie so well. Um, because you you read the book, didn't you? So I stopped. I've I was reading the book. I kind of stopped because I got a little. I just I don't I don't, I'm hesitant of reading ahead and kind of knowing what would happen, but then being distracted on if things happen differently. I just want to. I think I want to experience the movie first because I think Denis obviously is one of the best working today, one of my favorites. So I I kind of want to just take what he's going to give me first. Yeah, and then go, and, and then go read the I book. Have and go the and, book. Oh, that's different. I have the book and I have I refused too. to read it until I've seen the movie because I don't want to spoil the movie for myself. I just want to go into the movie and be like, oh, yeah, that's fucking awesome. <sighs> Greg Frazier. Every shot he does looks like a fucking painting. Can I work? Anyways, welcome to can the I, Dune Part 2 review. <laughs> to Tom's Greg Frazier. <laughs> right. For real. <laughs> 
do you need some water? I I I uh, I can do I can do so many things to help. Whatever, I'll clean the lens. <laughs> I'll do it for two dollars a day, dude. Forget two hundred k a year. I'll do it for two dollars a day. For real. Uh, anyway, uh, that's been our succession review. Like I said, didn't know that we were gonna talk about this. Fantastic HBO, the whole team, everybody, all the actors. Like, it was about. too good not to talk about. It really was too good not to talk about. Um, congratulations! I hope you win all the awards. Yes. And I'm looking forward to whatever any of them does next. I, I'm Kieran Culkin, dude. I'm telling you. Oh, he's favorite. great. I mean, they, they, there's not a bad performance in the show. No, no. Brian Cox, all of them. Congratulations. Um, mm. And we'll be back next time talking something. We'll figure it out. But anyway, that's been yeah. it. And see you. <laughs>